0: Please turn in your Bible to Psalm 107. Before we sing from this wonderful song, we're going to read the first nine verses and then verses 17 to 22. This evening, we're thinking about the sacrifices that we're to bring to the Lord, and one of the sacrifices that believers in Christ are to bring to him day by day is the sacrifice of praise. And this is what we read of here in Psalm 107. The first verse begins. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble, and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way, till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Taking up the song at verse 17. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their, their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Amen. Well, let us sing these words together. Singing stanzas this coming Friday. God willing, Jenny and myself will be heading over to Nantes to spend four days with Andrew and Heather Little and Malcolm and Muriel Ball. We want to remember, I'm just going to read two short passages from the New Testament at this point. Hebrews 13, verses 12 to 16. To start with. (coughs) Hebrews 13, verse 12. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Let us turn back to 1 Peter chapter 2. We were looking at these verses this morning. 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 5. 1 Peter 2 verse 4 As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless these readings of his word to us. Friends, Jesus describes his followers in wonderful and surprising ways in the Bible. The terms Jesus uses for us, as I've mentioned today, are really positive and meaningful. Through these terms, Jesus communicates to us how precious and how important We are to him. And the Lord conveys to us through these terms how honoured we are as those who belong to him. I mentioned a number of his terms for us this morning. As his followers, we are his ambassadors. We are the ones that he, the Lord, has chosen to be his representatives in this world, in this generation. And the Lord also calls us his saints. Every single one of us who belongs to Jesus is a saint of God. And as his followers, we are his friends. We are his close companions in whom he confides. And indeed, we're even more to him than his close friends. Because we're actually his brothers and he is our elder brother. And his father is our heavenly father. And so we're family. Christian friends, these biblical terms for us are very telling and they bring across to us our remarkable identity as those in Christ. This morning we reflected upon a term for us as Christians that many may find surprising, the term priests. As followers of Jesus, we are all his priests. Every single one of us who knows Jesus as Saviour, is a priest of God. Now in our earlier service, we thought about the Old Testament priests, and we looked at how God chose his priests back then, and how he chose us to be his priests today. We compared this morning how God cleansed and clothed his priests back then with how he cleanses and clothes us through Christ today. And we thought about how Old Testament priests were consecrated with oil and how we as Christians are consecrated for this work as sorry by the Holy Spirit. And then we saw how Old Testament priests were charged with the vital work of caring for God's dwelling place and with keeping the fire in the tabernacle burning. And that speaks to us of how we are charged with caring for our own bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit, but also with caring for the fellowship of believers of which we're a part, and for believers elsewhere. Because the Spirit also dwells within us together as a body of Christ's people. And so as Christ's priest today, we must care for God's dwelling place in our generation. And we too are charged with keeping the fire burning, the spiritual fire in our own hearts, burning brightly with love for Christ. We're never to be lacking in zeal, but to keep our spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Well, moving on from where we got to this morning, what I want us to think about this evening is what Christ expects us to do as his priests today. And so we're going to think about Sacrifices. In the Old Testament, sacrifices were clearly an important part of worship. The special building of the tabernacle was set aside as the place where these sacrifices were made. And Aaron and his sons were selected to perform these sacrifices on behalf of the people. Particular animals were taken and these animals were sacrificed according to minutely detailed regulations. Well, this picture of Old Testament priests sacrificing animals on behalf of God's people is the background to Peter's picture in verse 5 of 1 Peter chapter 2. In this verse, Peter says to Christians everywhere, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so the Old Testament priests performing their sacrifices is the background to Peter's words here. But of course, friends, there's a really sharp contrast between what we do as God's priest today, and what Aaron and his sons did back then in Old Testament times. For in the Old Testament, there was a great emphasis on the building in worship. The tabernacle and then the temple were seen as extremely important in Old Testament worship. Today, the emphasis is much more on the people, for we are the spiritual house. We are the dwelling place of God. Back then, the sacrifices were to be offered by only a select few, by Aaron and his sons. In today's church, every believer is to be offering sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices, for every Christian is a priest. And then, of course, there's the great contrast between the offerings themselves. Because back in Old Testament times, the offerings were animals. But in today's church, the offerings are not animals. Today's offerings are what Peter calls spiritual sacrifices. And friends, this is a wonderful thing. Because it means that there's no blood for us to shed. There are no animals for us to hack to pieces. There are no bits for us to burn. There is nothing for us to eat. There are no basins or bowls for us to carry about in our worship services. And so there's a powerful contrast between the worship and sacrifices of Old Testament believers and the worship and sacrifices of God's people today. But what are these spiritual sacrifices that Peter's talking about here? Well, that's what I want you to think about tonight. The spiritual sacrifices God is expecting from you and from me as his priests in this generation. Now, there are four places in the Bible where we're told about the spiritual sacrifices that are pleasing to God. So, friends, this isn't a man-made list that we're thinking about here this evening. This is a list from our God telling you and telling me what he wants from us. And so, my fellow priests, these are the sacrifices our king expects from us. There are four in all. The first is what I've called the sacrifice of tears. The sacrifice of tears. In Psalm 51, verse 17, David cried out, the sacrifices of God are a broken and a contrite heart. And so here is the first of these spiritual sacrifices which God requires From us as his priest today. When the Holy Spirit reveals something in our lives that grieves him, we should turn to the Lord with broken and contrite hearts. Part and parcel of the Christian life is the shedding of tears over our own sin. My friend, if you say that repentance only took place in your life on the day you became a Christian, you're no Christian. Luther made the vital statement as he hammered up his thesis on the church door many years ago. Repentance is the daily experience of the Christian. One of the marks of a real Christian is that his or her heart is broken over their sinfulness. and Such a Christian sheds tears. If not literal tears, then at least tears within his or her soul. A real Christian mourns over his or her sin every day. And so he approaches the Holy One of Heaven without any bumptiousness, without any arrogance, without any self-confidence. He comes in sorrow over his sin. And as God looks down... He regards such tears as a sacrifice that's pleasing to him. Because believers who mourn over their sinfulness in prayer, they're depending upon another sacrifice. They're relying upon the sacrifice of the sinless saviour on their behalf. That's why their, their sacrifice of tears is pleasing to God. My friend, can you remember when you last shed tears because of sin in your life. Do you know what it is to be genuinely ashamed or broken-hearted because of your behavior or because of your words, or your thoughts or your pride? Do you know what it is to sorrow because of your selfishness? Do you know what it is to cry because of your coldness of heart towards the Lord or towards his people? I'm sure you've experienced, as I, as I have had, that awful feeling within you when you know you've let the Lord down again. You just can feel so miserable within your own heart. You know what it is to grieve, I'm sure, because of the poverty of your worship or because of missed opportunities to say something for Christ. Sorrow for sin is a sacrifice which our our God rightly demands. And sorrow for sin is a sacrifice which our God always meets with blessing. Jesus gives us wonderful words of reassurance in Matthew 5, verses 2 and 3. Jesus says, firstly, Blessed are the poor in spirit. That is, blessed are those who know that their spiritually poor And to acknowledge it before God. They are blessed. Because theirs is the kingdom of God. And then Jesus goes on to say. Blessed are those who mourn. That is. Blessed are those. Who mourn over their sin. Who sorrow over their failings. Because they will be comforted. My friend. Is this sorrowing. A reality in your life. Is this mourning. Over your own unchristlikeness, something that you can identify with. For if it's not, you need to examine yourself closely, for such godly sorrow is a mark of a true Christian. And so here is a first spiritual sacrifice our God is looking for in your life and mine the sacrifice of tears. Before we move on to the second sacrifice God is looking for. Let us sing together from Psalm 51. Singing stanzas 1 and 2 and 8 and 9 to tune 241. A second spiritual sacrifice the Lord wants to see in us is the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Coming to the end of his letter to the Hebrews, the writer exhorts us with these words Through Jesus. Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise the fruit of lips that confess his name. Hebrews 13:15. So here is another spiritual sacrifice that Peter was referring to giving praise to God for all of his goodness and grace to us. And yet this is so often sadly lacking in the lives of Christians today. Back in the 16th century George Herbert pen these words, O Thou who has given us so much, mercifully grant us one more thing, Lord. Grant us a grateful heart. My friends, we need to pray this prayer often, that our Saviour would give us a heart overflowing with thankfulness and gratitude. The Bible teaches that one of the marks of the Spirit-filled Christian is that He's always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, this is far from easy to be always giving thanks to God for everything. It's obviously no problem to give thanks to God when everything's going well, when the sky is blue, when the sea is calm, when the sun is shining. It's easy to be full of praise when everything's happy at home and well at work and when our health is good and when the Lord is clearly blessing our Christian service. But when difficulties arise and problems multiply and pressures mount up and heartache really hits us hard, it's a different story, isn't it? That's a test, isn't it? When our health isn't good when relationships turn sour when things at work aren't going well when finances are very very tight and when there's little spiritual fruit to see for all the hard work that you've put in at the church it's then it's difficult to keep being grateful for all of God's goodness and grace it's then our hearts can become gripped with self-pity and despondency and we can start complaining and grumbling. Brothers and sisters, we must keep asking God for grateful hearts. whether Whatever in his providence comes into our lives. And this is where the Psalms come into their own again. Because many of these inspired songs <coughs> were written in the midst of torturous times and cruel circumstances. As David Penn, Psalm 103 He was obviously having a very rough time. And in this song, it's as if David was speaking to himself as he cried out, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then David lists quite deliberately a catalogue of blessings from God's hand. Forgiveness, healing, redemption, being crowned with love, satisfaction in his very soul. And in this way, David reminded himself of God's great goodness to him. My Christian friend, this is what you have to do when the pressures mount up and the problems multiply. You have to ask God to fill you with thankfulness for his abundant goodness to you. And then you need to just start praising him for one blessing after another. You can't wait until you feel like praising God before you start. Because if you allow your feelings to dictate to you, your praise of God will go up and down with your feelings. Now, praising God very often requires an act of your will. It very often involves setting your heart and your mind to do it, even though you aren't feeling like it. That's why Hebrews 13.15 talks about a sacrifice of praise. Thanking God is a sacrifice which you're to make to the Lord, whatever your circumstances or whatever your emotions. And we're not just to call to make such a sacrifice of praise on Sabbaths. We're to do this every day of the week, in our homes, and when we're out and about. Through Jesus, our Saviour, we're to continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to our God. That's what Hebrews 13.15 calls us to do. And so whatever we're doing, whatever our situation, may the Spirit enable us to focus on our incredible inheritance in Christ. And may he help us to keep making a sacrifice of praise day after day. Sacrifice of thanksgiving. The very next verse in Hebrews 13 gives us a third spiritual sacrifice the Lord calls for in our lives. The sacrifice of ministry. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share What you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. The sacrifice of ministry. When people in Northern Ireland talk about a do-gooder, they usually mean it in a cynical or a critical way even. But in the Bible, a do-gooder is invested with all the dignity of deity. Because it was said of the Lord Jesus himself that he went around doing good. Acts 10, verse 30. And that's obvious when you think about it. Because Jesus was always helping people, wasn't he? Whether it was the sick or the grieving, the ostracised or the outcast, the lonely or the destitute. Wherever Jesus went, he reached out his hand to help those in need. And we are to do exactly the same. If we're his followers, we should be at the forefront of helping to feed the hungry, and to clothe those with nothing to wear. We should be caring for the sick, visiting those in prison, welcoming the stranger, showing hospitality to those out on their own. And so if we are Christ followers, we should be using our skills and abilities and resources to help others in need. In a nutshell, if we are Christians, we should be the finest neighbours that people could have. And we should be the most generous, helpful, open-hearted members of the community in which we live and work. And of course, along with all of this, we're always to reach out to the lost to share with them the gospel of grace in any way we can. Because that is their greatest need. And so that is the greatest good that we can do for folk. To help them to understand and to embrace the gospel of grace. Paul wrote to the Christians at Galatia. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Galatians 6.10 My friend, are you doing this? As opportunities arise day by day to minister to others in one way or another, are you taking those opportunities? If you're following Jesus, this will be your ferment. Your firm intention by the Spirit's help. The sacrifice of ministry. You know, it's wonderful to see this happening so much in our churches and in our outreach work throughout our denomination. It's wonderful to hear of it happening here within your fellowship and in this community in Carrickfergus. Because ministering to others in their need is not easy can certainly be very costly. Helping people out can certainly involve sacrifice. It requires time and effort and patience and energy and selfless love. But if we're not prepared for the sacrifice involved in ministering to those in need, then there's something seriously wrong with our Christian lives. And so I ask my friend, what about you? Are you ministering to those around you in every way you can? Are you serving the members of your own family? Are you helpful at home? Are you caring for your colleagues at work? Are you ministering to your friends and neighbours? Are you supporting your fellow believers? Are you doing good to the people around you in the many and varied situations you find yourself? The sacrifice of ministry. Finally, note the fourth spiritual sacrifice the Bible calls for. The sacrifice of money. The sacrifice of money. In his letter to the Christians at Philippi, Paul thanked them for certain gifts that they had made towards his ministry. And he went on to assure them. In Philippians chapter 4, I am well supplied, Having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Surprising, isn't it, that money given for gospel work in the eyes of God is a sacrifice pleasing to him. When we speak about sacrificial giving, we're usually thinking about the amount of the gift or its cost to the giver. But in this verse, it's clear that Paul was speaking about the spirit and the attitude in which the gift was given. That was the thing that made it a pleasing sacrifice in God's eyes. And so, my Christian friend, whether your giving is a sacrifice pleasing to God isn't just about the amount you give. It's about the spirit in which you give it. It's been said I don't know who said it, but it has been said that there are three kinds of giving in the Christian church. There is grudge giving, which says, I have to do it. There is duty giving, which says, I ought to do it. And there is thanksgiving, which says, I want to do it. God loves that. He loves a cheerful giver. Generous giving to the Lord and to his work. It should be a constant delight Of every Christian. Do you remember when Jesus saw the widow giving her offering in the temple? All she had was two mites, but into the temple treasury those two mites went. And Jesus said that she had given more than everyone else, because all the other contributors had given out of their abundance. They had plenty, and out of their plenty they gave their offerings. And they still had plenty left. They didn't feel the pinch. But the widow's offering cost her dearly, for she gave all that she had, and she gave it cheerfully, out of devotion and love for the Lord. And so her offering, friends, arose like a sweet smelling sacrifice before the Lord, a sweet smelling savour. And, friends, That should be the Lord's response to our offerings, to my offerings, and to your offerings. He should see our givings as a sweet-smelling sacrifice before him. Because we've given them out of love for him, and with a great desire for his gospel work to prosper here and elsewhere. And so here are the four spiritual sacrifices we're called to make as priests of the living God today. The sacrifice of tears and the sacrifice of thanksgiving. The sacrifice of ministry (coughs) and the sacrifice of money. But friends, all of this is summed up in Paul's exhortation in Romans 12 verse 1. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That is our calling in a nutshell as priests of God today. It's as priests of Christ we're to be offering our very selves, all that we are and all that we have, as living sacrifices to the Lord each day, saying to him, Here I am, Lord, wholly available. As for me, I will serve you in whatever situation you place me today. My fellow priests, this is our calling. May our God so help us. Let us sing to his praise once again. We praise you once more for making us priests of God in this generation. Enable us, O Lord, to appreciate more and more our calling to be your priests and help us, our, our God and Father, to live in your spirit and to walk in your spirit day by day that we may be priests who are pleasing to our God. May your Holy Spirit help us to be bringing to you each day these sacrifices, the sacrifice of tears as we mourn over our unchristlikeness and our sins, the sacrifice of thanksgiving as we reflect upon your incredible kindness and goodness to us as your people. The sacrifice of ministry as we seek to do good to those around us, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our colleges and schools, in our neighbourhoods and within this community. And the sacrifice of money. Help us, O God, as those who love Christ to be cheerful, generous and sacrificial in our giving giving to your work and to gospel ministry out of a great heart of love and devotion for Christ Father we do thank you for your amazing patience with us we acknowledge before you that we can be so slow to learn and to walk in your ways but we praise you that you're 100% committed to finishing the good work that you started in our lives. And we pray that you will continue to change us more and more to be Christ-like priests and servants in this generation for the glory of our Saviour, for the advancement of his great kingdom and for the well-being of his church. And now the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all for evermore. Amen.